What is up, Brad fans? Thank you for tuning in. And as always, the reminder to subscribe, comment, rate, review, all that great stuff uh, helps us out. Uh, and get in touch with the show at 2Brad4U, Instagram, Twitter. You can go to the website, 2Brad4U.wordpress.com. There's a contact form there. So please, if you want to want us to cover anything, hit us up. You know, we'll do our best to, to try and cover all that stuff that you are asking about and uh yeah that's it you know the usual so for this episode um i was joined by you know one of my oldest friends in the world and one of my favorite people to talk to my good friend matt easton back in calgary alberta um we've known each other since like fourth or fifth grade or something like this so we go way back um and we always have great conversations always have about weird wild wacky stuff he's a really smart guy um and very curious guy so we always get into different things uh whether it's science or in this episode we touch on aliens even uh which is a favorite subject of ours um but i think we need just a tiny bit of context for this because really the episode ended up kind of being about you know where do we find uh, accurate information? Where do we find truth in this day and age on the internet? Because um, when I first asked Matt if he wanted to do the podcast, he was like, okay, cool, you should check out these things that I've been listening to, because I'd like your opinion on them. And it was um, some podcasts by a fellow named Brett Weinstein, Steen, Weinstein, I don't know, maybe. Um, you may have heard of him recently, if you're into like the podcast world, he's been on the, you know, the famous Joe Rogan show. Uh, a couple of times and he, the episode that Matt shared with me was about this guy he's an evolutionary biologist trained evolutionary biologist um, talking about how he thinks uh, the live or the lab leak um, hypothesis isn't getting the attention that it deserves and that he's leaning towards that now I disagree uh, I think there's you know a lot of reasons why I disagree with him on that um, but we don't really go as much into the details it's kind of more about like well what's true why would he say this when the rest of the world is saying this or you know and then and, and just we really just once him Matt and I start talking it just goes and goes so we cover a lot of different things uh, in that area but the Brett Weinstein fellow if you want to look him up he also uh, recently uh, on a podcast talked about how he claims um, he made a discovery about the length of telomeres in mice, in laboratory mice, and how there's been a breeding error that has elongated the telomeres of mice and how this could affect um, drug uh, drug models in pharmaceutical industry and stuff. Again, it got a bit of play if you're in those worlds, you know, in some of these podcast worlds. If you're not, you can look it up. I'll put some links on the website to it so you can kind of inform yourself about the story. But again, it comes down to, you know, why would somebody say this? Is he, you know, is he just a kind of a paranoid individual that's like finding conspiracies everywhere? You know, it's so it was uh, that's a little bit of the context. And I feel like I've rambled on um, already a bit too much. But I just wanted to give people a bit of background if because we jump right into it. Like we literally the converts, we just boom, start. So um, maybe there needs to be a bit of context on some of the who these who these characters are. Um, but like I said, that's kind of 
a bit of the background, look it up if you want to. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a discussion mainly about, you know, how do we, where do we find truth in these times? And, you know, what is the value of, you know, some of these podcasts with the, you know, whether they're scientists or, you know, comedians or whatever, you know, how do we, what should the rules be? Should there be rules? Um, and we don't come up with any answers. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but it was a very fun conversation to have. And of course, like I teased, we did shift to aliens because I can't talk to Matt without talking about aliens. Maybe one day we'll get him on the podcast to tell his UFO story. Um, but yeah, it was a blast uh, to talk to him. I hope you enjoy it. Hit us up if you have any questions uh, about you know some of the topics or whatever, or if you're interested in this kind of stuff. We can cover it again with some other folks I know who are interested. Uh, some of the other guys that have been on the podcast before would love to weigh in on some of these topics, I'm sure. And they're all equally curious, insightful, smart people. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Matt. All right, now we're rolling. Okay. What's up, man? Good to see you. Hey, brother. It's good to be here. Excellent. Um, Okay, well, we were just talking off air about the podcast that you had sent to me, the Brett Weinstein podcast, Dark Horse podcast, talking about the the where he was discussing the coronavirus in terms of whether it was a lab leak or not mm-hmm. um and i think the interesting conversation here because we've talked about it i've talked about it on this podcast before the sort of scientific arguments as to why it, it it's unlikely according to some scientists that it's that it's first of all engineered um and then the no, not the, necessarily the, engineered but like right but function research going gone wrong right 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 um but that's the thing is that there's different there's three different scenarios really is like there's there's natural evolution that this thing just jumped you know from some species likely a bat into something else potentially a pangolin and then to humans although there's also potentially other steps in that chain that we don't know yet that's Mm -hmm. that's a big point right that's one that i think he doesn't really address in his argument and it's kind of a blind spot um there's that it was specifically designed like it was you know somehow engineered in a lab and then got out or if you want to go even further was released on purpose and then there's one that it was just like a natural you know they had it in the lab it was a lab strain that got out accidentally right and Mm -hmm. and it does then that one doesn't imply that there was like specifically anything done to it in terms of manipulating it in some way, but it was just in the lab and got out. Yeah. But the question is, well, the interesting thing is, and this is what we've, we've kind of been, you know, talking about off air is like, well, how do you know the truth, right? Like, and, and who do you, who do you turn to in this somewhat crowded, becoming crowded media space, you know? Well, and I mean, this is a question. That's the story of our, our times right now is, is, is discerning truth. Uh, this is like, <laughs> That's the big problem, right? Where do right. we find it? You know, so I throw like I have a, a an advantage is being a a guy with uh, ed- highly educated friends. Like it's, if this is who wants to be a millionaire, I can call my friend up and say, "Hey, I just got this piece of media. It's compelling to the 
to the limits of what I understand. I'm not a, I'm not a biologist. So I can phone you up and say, Hey Brad, I can, I can slide this across your desk and say, just take a look at this and tell me what you think. What do you think? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and that's helpful. And, but, and, and I think that this question of, you know, where do we find truth and all this meat, this to me has been really, really an interesting question, even more so than the lab leak question, because you know, as someone who does podcasts and talks shit onto the internet all the time, you know, I understand that people, you know, not want being like, you can't censor this stuff. You can't, you know, you shouldn't, you know, everyone can say what they want and good ideas will out trump bad ideas and, and stuff like this. Out trump. Good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't censor me. Don't good. censor me, bro. <laughs> That's right. Um, um, well, you know what I mean, right? Like, I get that. Like, I love that. And I think that it's great. And I think the internet's been amazing for that. But in light of a very serious public health issue, I can see where that is a negative, you know? And I mean, you could always make the case for the negative with the politics and, and everything else. But I find like politics, it's more like it can be a bit more, well, that's your opinion, you know? But when it comes to like, is this virus real? Well, that's not really your, an opinion, you know, that's, it's real, you know? So I'm seeing the limits of like where I'm willing to, you know, I'm feeling myself pushed to a limit where I'm like, well, as a person that like really doesn't want to see anyone get censored, am I comfortable with a guy like, let's say Joe Rogan, who's got one of the hugest shows in the world on a weekly basis spouting some fucking nonsense that you can say that he can turn around and be like oh yeah but i'm just a comedian if you're getting your information from me you know that's not good but then in the next breath say something with such authority that his audience may or may not be able to discern or obviously doesn't discern because they you know what he says for a lot of people is gospel truth now it should should it be that but way? And is he responsible for that? Joe, Joe Rogan's highly successful podcast. <laughs> I get it. I get it. The resentment is palpable. I, I understand. That. Right. Of course. That's what this is all about. But you you do see what I'm saying, right? Well, like the, the question for me is like right now we're like it's so weird these times. Like it started with COVID and now it's with this whole um, I don't even really know what to call it. This the social um, upheaval. Upheaval. Sure. Um, so I've had to play these games with the news, like, cause it's just a bad news story and it's a stressful game. So it's like, um, I w there was a while there were, um, Ashley, my partner was, um, saying to me, he's like, why are you so invested in this? Like, what are you, why are you going down this rabbit hole? Why is this, why is this taking up so much of your bandwidth essentially is, is, yeah. is, is kind of what was going on. And I, I had to think about that and be like, well, it's because I can't understand where to look to get honest answers because mainstream media seems to be corrupted and full of bullshit truth exists in it it's not like it's not there but it's mm -hmm. not it's not a it doesn't seem to be a trustworthy source so then you have alternative news sources um you know i rogan is 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 the is the the biggest example of it um mm -hmm. but he's not where i go to to develop to any. get good to get it, information no, to get it. yeah he's gonna tell me about his new uh protein he might introduce that, you to people who you then well that's what's interesting about him he gets guests yeah. on that are really cool and it's like, well i kind of want to yeah. hear what he has to say 
yeah. then you go down that rabbit hole. So then, you know, like we're talking about this Brett Weinstein guy, I got onto him through his brother, Eric Weinstein, which was, I got onto him through the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Eric is the what theoretical mathematician and then Brett's the evolutionary biologist, I think. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. Their sticks. Um, so then you, you consume that media and you're looking at it. Well, like, it seems more honest. It seems less corrupted. But at the same time, is it? Uh, like, is this right. just like, and so for me, it's just like this, it's, it's, it's just a confusing game of, of talking to people. Um, thankfully, I have uh, good people like, you know, you, Mitsu, like people that I can, I can ask questions to that are, are actually in the science community that, that can help me out. Mm-hmm. But it's just a weird world where it's just like, well, I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture for myself so I can at least understand for myself the fuck is going on right now. And mm-hmm. I'm having a really tricky time doing that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know where to go. Yeah. I think, I think the thing with, with anything though, and I, I guess maybe this is what we're learning because of all of this, like, you know, different information and this is the internet like you have access to all this information is we have to be better at discerning information and that's just not it's just not you can't do it all right like you can't know everything right and no one can know everything so getting bits of information from each kind of slice and trying to patch together uh you know a worldview based on that maybe that's the best way to go it's difficult i don't know because like well, even for all me, these other weird things that are 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 are, are play, at play at the same time that make it even more confusing, like the algorithms that decide what what headlines to put to your device at whatever point, um, how your search engines filter things. That's all at play at, at well while you're trying to figure out you know an accurate depiction of the world. You're you're immediately the game is fucked. Like you're immediately it's it's it's, it's skewed, skewed, yeah, and, and and throwing things at, at through it through a lens that's not the best if the if the objective is to find the truth that's not the best way to go about it yeah so it's like we have these hurdles that we have to get over that are that are unfolding we don't even really like you were talking about truth in the internet and like you know i think i was listening to your podcast actually a little while ago you guys were i think bargain maybe coleman were on it talking Mm -hmm. about how the internet was supposed to be something it was supposed to be this like um enlightenment tool and it's proved to be a bunch of uh cat pictures and um, <laughs> people like yelling at each other echo chambering and, and yeah and, yeah yeah and it's, it's it's not what it seems to be so and if those are the tools we're using and they're they're set up the way they are it's kind of an uphill fight trying to figure out what's legitimate yeah 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 totally and i think like it's about how it's built, how it was built, what the incentives are, you know, you have the the incentives now of data, your data, our data is the biggest incentive for mm-hmm. internet companies. So they've you know, provided all these free services. And, and you know, I've heard the argument from a former guy at Facebook, one of the I think it was a former guy at Facebook. Uh, talking about, you know, how, you know, he was talking about the problem with data and how we've all given away our data and we don't understand how powerful of a tool that is and you know all those arguments which is a really hard argument to to explain to people i find this is one of the hardest issues to try and explain 
when you've heard something shocking from someone who like used to work at one of these companies and you're like, holy shit, we should be worried about this. You try and explain it to someone else and they're just like, I've not done anything wrong. Why should I give a fuck about what they see? You know, anyway. Well, well people also don't, the normal people in the world, the everyday you and me's, we don't, we, we have a tough time understanding the monetary value of abstract concepts like yeah bits and bytes uh, yeah bits and bytes like they, we've never turned that into a five dollar bill so it's just it's a it's a weird thing yeah right but then so anyway this the one of the guys one of the one of the points he was making is that our insistence on having free shit has actually made this worse you know whereas like if we just it, if you had a, a modest pay system it could still be cheaper because it's the internet right like so the service could be for provided cheaper whether it's movies music blah 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 all this and we're seeing that with netflix and spotify and stuff and obviously there's issues with spotify and how the artists don't get paid as much you know there's issues with everything but he was saying that this idea that that has become baked into the internet that everything should be free has led to you know well the profit is now in advertising. The profit is now in data. And there's even more incentive for them to be like, fine, I'll give you your shit for free. But in order for me to get mine on my back end and, and build the systems that allow you to stream and for us to have this conversation and shit, we're going to take your data, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, back to the, the thing of the, you know, the example of the of the Weinsteins and the lab leak thing, it's like, I think that these guys are genuine in their pursuits and they're genuine in what they believe. Um, but I mean, I don't think that they're wholly unbiased. I mean, I think that when you, in the case of this Brett Weinstein, who was run out of uh, his institution because of some woke, you know, backlash kind of BS as far as it looks the whole, you know, evergreen college thing where he got kicked out of his school. Now he's left and he needs to make money and he's found a way to make money with podcasts. So driving up podcast listens becomes, you know, uh, a, a bias. I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm not saying that he's like saying well, he's some kicking, shit just he, to he get headlines. He's been kicking the hornet's nest long before podcasts were even a thing, like with the whole mice and the telomere thing. Like uh, right. I don't, that's the, my other question. Like that this seems is, to me like it's pretty interesting stuff. And like you know, uh, uh, Teresa came to mind. Your wife right away. You know, in her work with lab mice. Uh, one, uh, if that's the case, and his argument, like for anybody who doesn't know, is basically that, um, to the best of my understanding, is that the lab mice that they've been using have been essentially evolving in a lab scenario. So they don't actually represent. A true population of mice. Their telomere, uh, you know, there's an understanding that their telom- lab mice have exceptionally long telomeres. His his proposition was that if you go and find some mice in the wild, their telomeres might look like a like you'd expect to see, and that seemed to be the case. Mm-hmm. The big the big takeaway from this being that every single thing we've studied on mice in terms of pharmaceuticals or whatever is now tainted um, because we we're doing bad science to get there. Is that? Yeah. Is that somewhat right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing, though, and then, and this is again, like, uh, I don't, I don't know what he has encountered. You know, like, I don't know. You know, he says that he's tried to raise this issue with numerous people and been shut out and all this stuff. But this was going to be my next point: was that this is another source of bias. I think that could be considered, 
you know, and again, I'm not saying that these guys are doing this anything on purpose, but they, him and his brother both seem to have been in their minds wronged by the institution. And therefore I feel like when you've been wronged and to such an egregious level as for the Brett Weinstein, the telomere thing, his reason at the, at the, if it's true, what it sounds to me is at the minimum that yes, there's this giant flaw in pharmaceutical research or, you know, lab models and stuff. And I, I have a couple of points on that because it's, there's a lot of flaws with those models. Um, but at best he got scooped, you know, he made this great, interesting discovery and people shut him out of it in order that they could publish it themselves. And one of them ended up winning a Nobel prize, you know? Right. And if that's the case, and, and that's your, that's your, that's going to jade your, your worldview or could jade mm-hmm. your worldview on these institutions. And the minute you start, you know, the minute you encounter a, a, a cover up or whatever at that level, it would be easy to then start seeing that in other places. That's something that I consider. And both him and his brother have his brother more so. Eric his brother, uh, Eric's totally, yeah. Like he's, he's a, you know, he's like he's best. He's been jilted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I love, I actually really like both those guys. They have very interesting ideas on a lot of things, but I can't help but on some things where I'm just like, like the lab leaks thing that he presented, uh, like I was saying to you off air, is like he's presented these, these, these things saying, isn't this weird? Isn't it a coincidence that the virus has this, you know, cleavage site? And isn't it a coincidence that it's mutated in this way and that way? And it's like, yeah. Again, the whole virology community, as far as I saw, you know, from the papers that were published by the top people in the field and stuff saying, yes, that's odd. But, you know, there's a, there's a number of explanations as to what why that would happen. And being the three things that we laid out at the beginning, whether it's, you know, natural, somebody made the virus or it just they had it in the lab and it did something weird and then escaped, you know. Those are all possibilities, but he's only presenting one as, you know, what he really thinks is the thing, you know, without consider and totally saying, well, the other ones aren't possible. The other ones, you know, the, the chances are very unlikely, but that's just his opinion, man. Like I'm looking at it and being well, like, well, what you, I'm reading at is the same time. I'm looking at these guys and it's like, you, you could be right. And then time will tell what, what happens next, but they Brett, at the very least, doesn't seem like a guy who would be uninterested in having a virologist on with the complete opposite perspective and to hash it out in podcast form. Like, right. he doesn't seem like he's shying away from these types of ideas. I, I look at him more of like a guy who's... I, I don't even I don't even know what I like. What do you mean? Like, but I don't know if he's invited anybody. Well, you're saying he's you're saying you're saying he's biased, and and then he's saying this he, he's he's putting a skewed perspective forward, or at least one sided. And I I wonder, and and time will tell, because like you have to start with your point, and then allow the counterpoint to be made. Like we'll see if he has somebody. But basically, my point is like if he has somebody onto his podcast and saying, "Hey, man, you're nuts. I've been studying this since it started." Here's my, you just pointed out all of these things that are exceptionally strange about this virus and would answer a lot of questions, blah, 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 fucking blah. Here's my counterpoint to all those points. But that's the thing is that the counterpoints have been made. And okay. he's just, but his point is just, I don't believe those counterpoints. Like he didn't bring up the counterpoints in his, you know, but if you go and look at the papers, yeah, they, they fucking say 
of course, we can't 100% rule out that it was a lab leak. But this is the reason why we think that it's probably evolution, you know. Mm. And 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 the fact is that there is no there is there would be some evidence of it being engineered or even gain of function research gone wrong. So gain of function research being that you add a gene into a strain to then see if it, you know, becomes more virulent. Which is apparently that... super common, which uh, like I'm hearing about. Is that super common? Like, it's what's not the deal super with that? common. It's very regulated. It's highly regulated. And I think there's a moratorium on it in most places uh, okay. because it's so considered so dangerous. There was, I think four or five years ago, there was a big debate about whether we should be doing this at all. And the scientific community was split, you know, like there's people that say, no, we don't, you know, and there's others that say, yes, this is the only way to find out, you know, to predict the, you know, what could happen and try and stop it before it happens. So it's, it, but there's no doubt that it's, it's risky. You know, you could create something that you then. I was chewing on this the other day. I was, I was thinking about it. It's just like, it was like, that seems like it's way too dangerous. But at the same time, you're, it's just, you're juggling these two things. It's like, but I. We need to do the research. We, we need these answers. Seems to be the only way to get it. Should Man, we just not do it entirely and, and just close that? To, like, what do we do with that? Well, and then there's I the whole other political argument, too, of like, well, if we don't do it, they'll do it. Yeah. And we have, you know, the Cold War situation, right? Like the, right. we got to beat them to the bomb kind of thing. So there's all those things. And I mean, this is what, that's one of the most fascinating things about science, right? Is you get to these points where you're like, holy fuck, like, what are we doing here? And what are the... What are the pros and cons? I mean, even just in animal research, look at like using animals, the ethical questions that come up in there. And they're, that, their whole thing there is like balancing, is this worth what we're doing to the animals? Is the knowledge worth it? You know, And the same would be with gain of function. Is the knowledge that you could potentially gain worth it? And it's a question that should absolutely be asked. And should be had, and in 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 so because the answer because we don't know like it's not like you're looking for something specific. You're you might be, but it seems like how do how could you know the value of of what you find if you don't know what you're really looking for? It's like yeah, it, it's a really tricky one. Like I that's basic research, right? Like that's the argument for basic research, and this comes to like how research is funded because a lot of governments now move to wanting to only fund research that you can say, this will lead to this. Like, we'll do this research, and in five years, we'll have this product, or we'll have this drug, or we'll have this thing, right? Like, it's, and mm -hmm. that's the wrong way to do research. I mean, you need some of that, but you also need research for the sake of research to find these new things, to find these discoveries, to build, to give you a platform to then say, oh, hey, look what we found. We can actually do this with it, and then you start the the app the application research. You know, then you find like, mm -hmm. oh, we could actually do something. In the case of gain of function, I think the you would do it to to try and find like, oh, look at the the virus mutated this way to adapt to a human cell, uh, and then you would have a target to to try and you know combat that. So that would by seeing the virus and what it did to adapt to a human cell, you would be like, okay, we could try and design a, a drug to block that. Or we could yeah. try and design an antibody to put in an, a vaccine that would block that. You know, that's why you do it. So there is, there is, you know, benefit to it. Um, well, nobody threw out any of the Nazi papers after World War II. Right. Exactly. Right. It's so like we I don't mean, like how they got this information, but nobody threw that out. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But that's the question because we don't want to do that. We do like we we can't. There is an ethical question with science that obviously we need to address. But it's it is funny. Like I have friends in the science community, and then there's just the general public that I'm much more exposed to. And it's like it's not really a question that people even think about. It's just like gain of function research. Should we be doing it? It's just like that's not a question you're going to hear asked to people on the street. Yeah. Should we build a wall or not? That's a question that might be asked to people <laughs> on the street, but like yeah. you don't get these types of questions, but these questions are incredibly, incredibly important. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and people should know more about it. Right. And this is like the whole thing, you know, uh, I just did that podcast for the met that magazine in the States that Undark, you know, talking about animal research, yeah, yeah, and the right. ethics of it. One. Right. Yep. And this is exactly like you come down to the same crux, right. Where you have people within the scientific community being like, well, we don't, you know, we don't talk about it with the public because they don't want to know or they won't understand or this or that, you know, and you have members of the public that are like, I don't want to, you know, I don't know anything about that. Uh, and they would be curious to learn more. And you have the people that are against it and stuff. But that's it's there is a lack of communication there in terms of, look, at this is what we're doing. This is what the science community is doing. Have a say, you know. And I mean, it's then it's like, what are the mechanisms like that a normal guy like you or me or whatever, who's not in the institution? Like, what do we do? How do we say if we're like, we disagree with that? What do we do? You, know, you can like protest outside the lab or whatever. But I mean, it come then it comes down to pressure your MP or whatever to to fund this or fund that or, you know, these kind of things. So there's also this disconnect there because it's like like all things with politics, people feel like, well, what am I going to do? You know, like you can't even touch these systems anyway. Right. Yeah. So, but I think that it's, it's, it's a very valid point that, you know, you wouldn't ask that people don't know what's going on. And that I think is a bad thing because it breeds mistrust because now when you have this situation where we're all faced with this pandemic and, you know, did it come from a lab? Didn't it come from a lab? You know, uh, and this, you know, there's obviously, you know, the heated political climate that we're in right now. And this is kind of the thing, I guess, that irks me a bit about it is that, and maybe this is my bias, is that, you know, I'm going with the experts, the top virologists in the field that have published these papers that are like, look, at if it was an engineered virus, we would expect to see this, this, this. We don't see that. Therefore, we lean towards it's not engineered. Uh, if it was, you know, some strain that got out of the lab, you would expect this, 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 we don't see that. Therefore, it's probably a natural cause. Now, natural cause, let's look at, you know, what the virus is, what it's related to. We got these unknown questions as to how it developed these mutations, how, where exactly did it come from, this and that. These are the unknown questions. And the papers that I'm reading that are saying it's unlikely it came from a lab are not saying you're an idiot for thinking it came from the lab. You know, it didn't 100% case closed. Don't look here. They're saying, look, it. there's no there's no way we can prove one way or for another. Like we have these these benchmarks that would clearly show that it was manipulated and came from a lab. We don't see those now. That doesn't mean that it wasn't. But. There's nothing we can do, you know, until you can go into that lab and look at all the records and, you know, do this. And, you know, you've got to kind of believe the people that are that are working there who are colleagues of the rest of these people. It's not like they're working in isolation in some secret 
government lab. These people go to conferences. They publish papers with other scientists from around the world. They, you know, it's not that secretive of a thing. Mm -hmm. But until someone comes out from that lab and says, yes, we had this strain that no one knew about. Uh, We totally kept it secret from everybody. And we had been manipulating it or working on it for years. And it got out. Until that happens, you look at what you have. And what you have can be explained by the way that viruses work. 60% of all new infections over the last 30 years have come from animals. It's, it's not an uncommon thing. For 15 years, the, the you know, virus community and people working on vaccines and stuff have been saying, watch out. This is something we, we should be surveying bats. We should be going to all the wildlife and taking blood samples and seeing what viruses are in there because one of the motherfuckers is going to jump. It's only well, a matter of time before other, it happens. Other things about the story that I thought was a little interesting too is like I and I really am not the expert on this and don't know if any of the shit that I'm about to say is true, but I heard that like they don't even eat bats in Wuhan. It's not, not about eating bats. It has nothing to do with eating bats. They're not even they're not even there, and the bats that carry coronaviruses are like two thousand miles away. That seems that seems like an interesting. Somehow they had to get to Wuhan, and they don't seem yeah, but like it can be any bat. But if there's no interaction with the, like, we're saying it came from a wet market. No, but no one's saying it came from a wet market. Really? No, yes. This this idea that it's like, oh, now they're saying it's like, that idea was out Man, here shows, months ago. Shows what I know. Shows what I know. Not there was, much. right away, there was questions as to whether it was the West market or not. And it's like, and again, this was one of the unknowns because it's like the first cases, they, of course, they said wet market first. Right. And that's because. The first, like, really identifiable cases that got confirmed is like, look at this is fucking here. It's happening. That was just happened. There happened to be a cluster of cases there, right? So that got flagged. But then when they started looking back at all the people who got it, there was like 30 or 40% of the original cases, they had no connection to the market. So it was like, okay, well, it's probably not the market, like the the market, you know. And so that's, again, and that was the problem I had with Weinstein. He's like talking about, oh, it's it's like, fuck, man, read the papers. People have been talking about this for months. Like, you're just late to the game, dude. So it's like poor bastards up here that are just trying to figure this out. So I got Brett Weinstein blowing in my sails, telling me it came from a lab. I crash into Brad's podcast. He blows in another direction, and I just go with that tune. It's like, it didn't come from a lab. I know this now. And then what's going to happen next week? What what breeze am I going to crash into next week? I guess this was one of the things I was going to say about this broader broader point about, like, science communicating with the public more, is that it should, there should, this should also be one of those understandings, though, is that it's going to fucking change. And it can change on a dime. You find a new bit of information, then you have to throw everything, you know, like if that def- if that falsifies everything that you knew before, then you have to go with that, right? And so that's the thing that I have, the, the, the problem I have a bit with the Weinstein thing is that he's like, from, from what I saw, he wasn't presenting any new argument that hadn't already been presented and said, this is weird. We don't know where this came from. So then you know? what role do you think guys like him are playing in this world right now? Like you, you don't think he's a bad actor that's, you know, has malicious intent uh, uh, concerned with, you know, spreading lies and, and misinformation, but he's not getting the truth. Right. So like what, what role, what role does he play and what importance should we put on guys like him in that type of thinking? I don't know. 
I, I really don't know. And to be honest, it makes me question whether I should be doing whether I should be doing podcasts, you know, because it's like <laughs> I get shit wrong. You know, we all do. Right. And I try to be very, you know, upfront, like about the limits of my knowledge and stuff like that. And I, and I, you know, from what I see, he does, too, you know, but he I don't know. Like, what do you do? And I think it's like you got to kind of like look at maybe it comes down to like we need like you know, a trusted expert in every goddamn field where you're like, oh, this is the podcast I go for weather, you know, climate stuff. <laughs> this is the podcast I go to. Turtles. For like health. Yeah, turtles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Because I don't know. Because like I said, yeah, I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's caught up in, you know, you get, you go from obscurity to famous to some extent you know if you go in the joe rogan podcast you get exposed to like 10 million people right like an audience of 10 million people he said himself you know now his he went from like a nobody to you know three hundred thousand followers on twitter and x number of youtube subscribers and now that's his money that's his income you know mm -hmm. is being this public thing so i think that that 100 starts to creep in to influence to. your stuff. And yeah. like I said, if you feel like you've been jilted by the system and looks like he has been, you know, on a number of occasions fucked by mm -hmm. the system, you know, I mm -hmm. so I look at him as like, I love to hear him talk about his experience of, you know, what he experienced at his university where the people turned on him and started calling him racist when he's clearly not a racist and that, like, I find that interesting because it's something that he can speak to that he's gone through. Like, I don't agree with everything he says. But, but it is it is weird, though, because, like, he's an evolutionary biologist that then is asked to weigh in on this completely different beast um, that he experienced at, at that college. So, like, sometimes I hear him talk about it. And it's like he's you kind of feel bad for him. It's like this isn't your field. Like, you probably wouldn't even want to talk like the fact that this is why you're famous yeah. isn't what you would prefer you'd rather be you'd rather be known for your 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 work versus this really weird thing that played out at that college. yeah there's something that happened to rather to you rather than something you did exactly yeah totally and i mean to be honest maybe i'm missing something from his lab leak argument you know because i don't doubt that he's a really smart guy smarter than me when it comes to evolutionary biology you know he seems to know if i can shit ton more than i do but that's why i was like going into this i was like listening to the way he was talking about it and listening to the points he's saying i was like yeah but i read that already yeah but you know or he'd be like it's very unlikely that pangolins and bats would get together to have this recombination event you know for this certain mutation to jump from a bat into a pangolin strain it's like yeah, but it didn't have to go directly that way. There could have been another animal in between. Like, that's just bait. Like, mm -hmm. And it's, you know, then it comes down to whether you think that's likely or not. But I don't, you know, there's a million bats out there. There's a million fucking raccoons out there. There's a million other critters running around that all carry these viruses. Doesn't seem, you know, doesn't seem that unlikely to me, especially when, again, you see, and then he said something too, like, I'm finding this conversation incredibly reassuring. This is good. This is good. This is good for me. Well, it's I don't know if it should be reassuring, dude, because it just like this this confirms the warnings that we've ignored for 20 years about zoonotic diseases and a global pandemic. Like 
Disney Oddly, I still feel quite comforted. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the the Ebola thing? We talked. I talked about yeah. it with Brad on the last podcast, but like a yeah. third potential Ebola outbreak with no link to the other one. That just shows I, you how these things can jump. I've been really enjoying that. I, I heard that on uh, the podcast, and I've been saying to people, "It's like 2020 just got better." You know what happened? Everybody looks at you with this super serious face, being like, "What?" What now? Yeah, <laughs> I get to yeah, drop yeah. that on him. Ebola's coming back. Yeah. Well, Ebola never left, really. I mean, that's no, it it's been really. simmering for... There was one year, 2017, there wasn't an Ebola outbreak. But since 20... What was it? 14 or 15, that big West African one, you know, that started like there's three different countries, Liberia and like... like yeah. That was 2015, something like that. That stretched like 2015, 2014, something like that to 2016. 2017, we didn't have any Ebola. 2018, it kicked off again in Congo, and it's been going since then. And now, like, they thought they had it licked, and then a, another one popped up. But that just shows you, you know, that these things can and do jump, you know. And Ebola is not the only one. Zika virus, uh, you know, and that spread all over the world. What else do you have? Flu. I mean, fucking flu. That's right there you know what's that's up with these prion prime example i've been hearing about these prion diseases i don't even understand what they are it's, a, it's a, what's going on dude these are the ones that terrify me like the most and they, they, they seem like the boogeyman that i just don't even under, understand anything about yeah and dude i, I know it's... i know it to be alarmed but that's about it. <laughs> well here's the thing is that there's right now there's probably a very there's there is an incredibly low chance that you would get one, that you or I would get one. The thing that freaks me out about it is that if you do get one, it's like you're fucked. Like there's like, it's like a hundred percent death sentence. It's kind of like rabies in that sense. Um, right. But rabies, at least like if you catch it early enough, you can still, you know, survive. Right. So the creepy thing about prions is that they're not um, viruses. They're not bacteria. They're not parasites. They're just proteins. So proteins are the things that DNA codes for. So you have DNA, which is like a living, considered like a living molecule. Protein, I guess, is kind of considered it's a biological molecule. But the DNA codes for proteins. And proteins make up everything, every living thing, like your skin, your cell, yeah. like everything's made of proteins at, when you break it down to that molecular level. Different proteins for different things, but everything's made of proteins and they do different things in the body. Like some of them, like I said, are just structural. They make skin. Some of them interact with other ones to do the chemical processes that happen in your body. So you have these proteins in your brain and they, you know, do a function in the brain. I'm not sure that anyone really knows exactly what they do, but they're common throughout the brain. And called the prion. No, no, no. This is just a, fuck, what is the name of the protein? I can't remember. Tau. It might be called tau. Fuck, I wish I remembered. Anyway, there's a protein in your brain, that, and the prion will come in. I'll show you how. So there's this protein in your brain, and it can, all proteins generally, they fold, right? Like the, the amino acids, you get a chain of amino acids that make up the protein, and mm -hmm. the chemical, you know, properties of these different amino acids, what, you know, electrons are available they 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 bind to each other or they sort of loosely are attracted to each other and that causes the the shape of the protein it's all they can fold and unfold and 
that's how they can grab onto things and do different things, or they form these really intricate uh, structures that then another protein has to fit into like a key, and that causes a chain reaction of things that makes your cells work, right? So they have these ways that they fold, right? And when they're full, most of them, you can fold them in different ways, depending on the environment, right? So if you change the pH, they might fold in a different way, because that's going to change the chemical bonds between the amino acids that make up this protein. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah. So in your brain, you have this protein that's everywhere. It's like ubiquitous in your brain. And if it folds... The tau, potentially, the tau protein. Yeah. If if, if I'm correct, <laughs> it might be the tau protein. Yeah. Um, it folds in one way, like call it the, the, the A form, right? And when it's, for, when it's folded in the A form, no problem. It does what it's supposed to do. But if it folds another way, call it the B form, it starts to just build up into a plaque. It no longer does a function and it just clumps. It makes this like clump that then just you got a clump in your brain. And the shitty thing is, is that once one of them does it, for some reason that we don't know, it starts to induce that change in all the ones around it. So they all start flipping like dominoes falling over. They all start. Nobody understands that mechanism at this nope. point? Nope. So they all just start what? flipping to the B form. And then slowly your brain just, all these proteins flip to this B form and turn to useless junk and just clog up your brain and destroy your brain. And you slowly die because your brain is just flipping to this wrong form and this plaque just forms in your brain and just spreads. So how is it contagious? Right. So that's what the prions are. The prions are the misfolded version of the protein. And they just, you can. Would you have to eat it? Yes, you have to eat it. So usually we've found these things in um, places where. Beer. Well, you get, there's a deer version. Yeah, there's a deer yeah. version. And mad cow disease was another version. If you remember the mad cow yeah. outbreak in the UK. And what that happened because they were feeding dead cows to cows as like a protein supplement. Soylent green. Exactly. Yeah, for cows. Oh, wow. Soylent green for cows. Oh, done it. So it was this, like, it was like a, you know, a gross factory farming process where it was like any cow that like whatever wasn't going to the butcher or something or the parts that weren't being used, they just fucking grind it up and add it as a protein source to fucking cow feed or something like this. Right. But when wow. you do that, you're, 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 you're giving these brain proteins, you're putting these brain proteins into the, the, the food source. Right. And so you can, if you eat enough of these misfolded brain proteins or you eat these, you know, because there might be one or two kind of floating around, you don't know. If you and eat it. wouldn't matter? No. That's the other thing about these is that they're, they're highly, highly resistant to disinfection, uh, cook, like high, high temperatures and stuff like this. Like you can put things at like a thousand degrees, I think. And you can still find some of these proteins on like a blade or something like that. So they're so I'm confused here. If they're if they have no understanding of the mechanism on how this convinces other proteins to misfold and become this clumbled mess, they must have theories as to what it might be. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm sure. Yeah, but what would that even look like? How does that like? Fuck, man, that's the limit of my knowledge. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. And so what they're finding, though, is that so, yeah, normally you would get these things from being exposed to them, right? Like, so you got to eat them or something like that. So they found it actually in cannibals, 
so cultures that regularly ate other humans, they would get a version of this prion disease. After the Wendigo shows up? Yeah, 100%. Well, maybe that's okay. maybe it's the Wendigo. I don't know. Oh, okay. This is where science is very unclear about the about the Wendigo. Um, Maybe the Wendigo was just a pre, prion disease, right? So it's a whole manifestation of these prions. You get enough prions, mm-hmm. they they form the Wendigo. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but now what they're finding, so the 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 deer version, which is called chronic wasting disease, um, yep. and it's spreading all over North America. What they're finding is that these prions are shed in saliva and shit and, and other bodily fluids. And that because they're so because they're not living, like it's not a living thing, it's just a protein. You know, it does it's not, you know, it doesn't have a There's no objective for them. Yeah, it doesn't thing. need a it's not like a like a bacteria, you know, it has to eat, it has to, you know, live in a certain environment. It's essentially just a really bad shape. Yes. Yeah, it's just a cog. It's just like a it's cog absolutely. that if you yeah. throw it, you know, it's like a wrench that you throw in the fucking gears, you know? Wow. And so that's what's so weird about it is that it's, but they found this, they found that like in saliva and like deer saliva, it can exist for like, you know, over winters and for years, you know, just in the environment. And then all it would take is that you're eating a leaf or something. And I mean, I remember them saying with the mad cow stuff that it's like, it would, you would have to eat a lot of it, right? Because it's got to go like, you're thinking like it's got to go through your digestive system and then somehow get to your brain and like all these things. But it's it, it, it happens, you know, and it's usually if you're eating brain tissue, like for humans, it was like you'd have to be eating like brains. Right. So the cannibals. Right. Mad cow, it happened. And f- from eating beef, tainted beef, you know, some people got it. But I think it was like really small. It's only like 10 people, I think, that got it. Um, but, yeah, it's fucked up because once that starts. Once that process starts, it's a chain reaction that nobody knows how to stop. And this, your brain just turns to a plaque, basically. And it's not a pretty process as you start. To, you can imagine it's like your brain is just slowly being eaten away. And you just, that's why you get them like they're shaking and they're drooling and stuff. Because it's just your brain is just being slowly destroyed. It's fucking terrifying. It's like a little molecule zombie. Yeah. Eats your brains. Exactly. And I mean, it's the fact that it's not living, like it's not technically living, right? This is the same with viruses, though, because viruses... The viruses aren't really alive either. They're yeah. kind of just this little code. Exactly. They're just bits of DNA or RNA that float around. But because they're a biological molecule, like DNA is like a... a bi- which I guess a protein is a biological molecule, too. The The virus, though, it needs to initiate some more pros like it it does have the the function of wanting to replicate itself yeah obviously wanting is not the right verb but you know what i mean that's what it does that's yes. what it wants to do yeah it's programmed so it's programmed yeah. to do that you know once it reaches the, the cell and fucking once you again it's kind of like a cascade of like once that virus finds the right cell and it locks on to something on the outside that you know a protein goes into another protein and flicks the switch and then this whole cascade of reactions start happening and the DNA starts copying itself. DNA is fucking designed to copy itself, which is fascinating. You know, it's fascinating to think about how like that's really all your body is, you know, from the minute like sperm meets egg. It's like a pre-written code that just starts. Yeah. Yeah, it just... 
these things start reading the DNA and just start, oh, well, instruction one, do this. Instruction two, do this. And it's all fucking just chemical All of bonds. this incredible process to give us consciousness so I can sit here and tell you how confused I am about what's true and what's not. It's a very weird, weird existence we have here, Brad. I know, right? But it's fucking, it's, it's beautiful in that way. I think like, you know, that yeah. it's just like these little tinker machines that just do, 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 <laughs> yeah. you know, just start going. And then it's like, there's no stopping it, you know? Yeah. But I think go. that this is, and I can't remember if I said this now, but my point about science being more open with the public is we should talk more about what they don't know, you know? And it's like, people do that when it comes to space you know, like, oh, we don't know what's out there or this or that or dark matter, you know, and it's fun when it's space, but it's not so fun when it's like, where did this virus come from? <laughs> you know, or mm. why, you know, why, what, what's going on with prions, you know, but well, that's why, you know, I appreciate you doing this podcast and, and people doing stuff like this, because the reality is, I think people don't have a handle on like what? What is science? Science is to me the scientific method. That's basically it's it, it. That's basically it. People don't really understand that and and how it applies to just figuring absolutely anything out. Yeah. You know, from the from this from the the most mundane to the to the most complex, you apply that method to it, and you're gonna find you're gonna find the best avenue towards truth or something that looks like it. Yeah. And people don't even know how to. You know, I'm saying people. Some I, I find it frustrating how you see a lack of that out there mm-hmm. in, in terms of how people formulate their opinions about the world around them. It's like, wait, well, but look at this, and they're like, well, I can't look at that because if I look at that, one's going to change my mind, and we don't <laughs> want to have my mind changed. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we're resistant to that, which is a weird psychological Absolutely. phenomenon. But, um, but I mean, if you think about the scientific method of like test something. If it holds, you know, try it again in a different scenario. And if the result holds, then I have more confidence in that result. Manipulate one thing, try it again. This is really how you learn. Like the the, yeah. the easiest example is touching the stove when you're a kid. Like how many times yeah. are you going to touch the stove before you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, my hand is I burnt. remember learning a lesson as a kid uh, with friction. I remember, I remember running past a bed and just running my hand on it, burnt my fingers. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. What happens? Is that magic? I doubt it. Yeah. But then, and you could try it again in a different scenario and be like, okay, it didn't happen that time. Yeah. But Just if I do it, fast. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then you figure it out. So it's not like it's this like alien process. It's actually a very human oh. thing, you know, of, yeah. of how we figure shit out. So it's not, you watch a baby hanging out and how they, how they like, well, I'm going to put this in my mouth. We're, we're going to start figuring this out from how, yeah. from the mouth first. You know, it's like, but it is this whole process of, of observation, processing. result. Yeah try it again, manipulate some kind of variable in the process and see if that changes the result. The scientific method was just a really, we just wrote it down and like made like really precise sort of methods of how you, you know, or thought processes of how you do it, where it's like you try and uh, when you do an experiment, you do that experiment, you record the result, you observe everything. And then the next thing you do is you change just one thing or you try and change as few things as possible, right? If you can control everything except one thing and then do it again and the result is the same, well, then it wasn't because of that one thing. So then you change yes. something else. And if the result changes, like, well, maybe it was that thing. And then you start on that. You know, So it's really, it's, but I see what you mean. It's like, it's less... 
scientific, it's, it's critical thinking, right? Really and cool. the fact that for some, in a lot of cases, like being told that changing your mind is, is a bad thing. Like, oh, you got no conviction. You changed your mind. Well, it's like, and some things, yeah. You know, if you all of a sudden change your mind to think that, you know, Asian people deserve less money or something, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's not, it's not a good thing. But changing yeah. your mind in light of new evidence. And that's been the, the, the frustrating thing with this pandemic and stuff, too, is like, look at the situation with mask wearing. Right. Yeah. And again, like if you take a guy like Eric Weinstein, the flip flop on mask wearing is this power structure, you know, trying to protect its own ass and fucking us all over because, you know, they didn't want to get caught with their pants down and they did. And this is, it's like, or they just fucking, it's a new virus and we didn't know, They didn't know. <laughs> you know, like it's like, so what is, what's it going to be? You know, like it could be mm -hmm. a deep ingrained power structure that's, you know, or, and this is where Occam's razor just like I always defer to like what's the most simple explanation? And what's the other quote that always gets banded around? Don't attribute to malice what stupidity would be, you know, just as good, you know. And it's usually stupidity, or it's usually, you know, ignorance or something, or a blind yeah, spot. Yeah, but you miss you you misuse Occam's razor all the time. Like you use Occam's razor to discern that it's probably not aliens we see flying around those UFOs. Well, I use Occam's razor, and the simplest explanation for me is that fucking aliens flying around. I don't know if I use Occam's razor for that. <laughs> I don't know if I use Occam's razor for that, because that is an interesting one. Yeah. That's just an unknown. That's just an unknown. This is not like, you know, we have a situation where it's like, you know, but it is a fascinating unknown. And I will say, like, over all the years <laughs> that we've known each other, which is what, like, 20 now? 20, yeah. Uh, that we've had these discussions about aliens. I've never been so close. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so close to your viewpoint yes. that it's aliens. Yes. And to be honest, yes. for as much as we've kind of, as as of shit-talked the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast, he had that motherfucker on. Not Bob Lazar. I did not find Bob Lazar credible. I didn't like Bob Lazar. Yeah, he might be a crackpot. I yeah. didn't. You if know. he's telling the truth, it's crazy. But he, he also just could be. A yeah, it was the the military pilot. I believe he believed himself. I believe he believes himself too, but it was that military pilot that he had on that you know, and and yeah. the the Pentagon released the video. We've seen the video. You know, like it's mm -hmm. there's something out there that they can't explain. It's whipping around. I still like. I'm a little confused as to like. The video like what the distance is and and how good the pilots actually saw it or were they just looking at it on their instruments because then you know obviously instrument malfunction or some kind of like natural phenomenon that we just haven't understood yeah, that like had, shows up on the thing. instruments yeah but that was one thing about that incident is that like you had multiple um you had the, they had the eye in the sky there the, the the radar plane they had the battleship cruisers and they had the aircraft controller they're all reading the same measurements separately. So it's like if there's, it doesn't seem like you can't, you can't chalk it up to a glitch. No, I'm not even saying because... a glitch. I'm saying like, what if there's some weird phenomenon of like, I don't know what, but like, let's just say like weather 
over the ocean at a certain temperature at a certain time creates a static electricity or something <laughs> you know i'm just saying aliens man it's aliens flying around it's <laughs> obvious it's obvious it's right in front of you just grab well, what it. Do you okay you, you think aliens is more likely than another country having some kind of technology that that you don't know about <clears throat> if it's another country it's another country that is unbeknownst to anybody it'd be like atlantis it would be Wakanda. something so ridiculous yeah, Wakanda. It would be like it would be along those lines. Why? Why would it have to that. be that? Because they, these things are bending. They seem to be bending the rules of physics to to perform the way they are. So the, whatever science they're using is is out of this world. Literally, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's even that that same instance when that thing just showed up, like it disappeared and then just showed up like sixty miles. See, away that to me like that. says what? some kind of a weird like sensor. You know, like, and I'm not saying I, that I it's a glitch what, in the sensor. Saying. I'm saying it's like, what if it's like static electricity or some shit or, you know, like ball lightning, you know, like some weird thing like that, where it's just like. If you can go down that path, if you want to call this ball lightning or some sort of weird, <laughs> like if I travel at 500 kilometers an hour over an ocean at a 30 degree <laughs> tilt on my right wing, I'm going to find that I'm going to see these weird balls that are flying around. No, it's atmospheric. fight with them. It's yeah, atmospheric yeah, conditions. Yeah, atmospheric pressure is just right. <laughs> you, you you might see what you think would be UFOs, but they're not UFOs. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. It's not your mind playing <laughs> so, tricks on you. It's a, it's a physical <laughs> phenomenon that's happening. It's a physical, okay, physical phenomenon playing tricks on your instruments. No, it's not even playing tricks on your instruments. It's just appearing in your instruments, but you just don't know what it is. It doesn't mean that it's a sentient being with a craft flying around. Well, it seems to me that's exactly what's going on. These are these these are they're, you they know, might and not the people the people in, it might not be aliens, but they they seem to be. I I would I would bet they're spaceships. Well, okay, but this is the thing, like, because you know, back in the day, people looked at celestial phenomenon and attributed some kind of sentience to it they called it the gods or they called it this or you know whatever but what about this dot that's flying around and the guy says that the pilots do say that it, it felt like it knew they were there and when they got close it disappeared and stuff like that but this is well, what about the thing they saw in the ocean that they described as being the size of a of a Boeing 747 under the surface of the water. And that's where this Tic Tac shot up from. Uh, it wasn't. And that's where they immediately started doing their circles around. You a saw Boeing 747? I don't think it was that big. Yeah, they said it was massive. They, they thought it was a downed plane. That's why they started doing their... Huh. their check it out. I, yeah, I could yeah, be yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's how I remember it. Again, I, I, and this is why I'm not clear, is like whether they saw it with their eyes or just the instruments. And that would be a, a different thing, right? Because I'm kind of looking at this as like, you're looking at this, you're looking at this through a lens, right? Like if it's the instruments, you're looking at it through a lens and that they lens can, then they, changes they the interpretation. I guarantee that. I could be, well, I guarantee, Matt Easton guarantee. It's about 50%. All right. <laughs> All right, they saw it with their eyes. Great, yeah. Yeah, my question then is, yeah, yeah, okay. And again, my question now is like, what, what gives it? Like, what would it have to do in order for you to be like it's, like reacting to me? You know what I mean? Like, it's got some kind of like we're having a reaction. Like, you know, like with an animal, you can tell it's looking at you, and you, you know, you might move, and it moves, and. You could really tell, right? But it's got eyes so we can see. But like with something like this, this blob or this tic-tac or whatever it is, what about its movements 
would you have to see in order to indicate like, oh, it's reacting to my presence? That's the other thing that I'm a little like, because if, 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 if you felt like it was, then of course you would, you would then put more credence in the, it's a sentient ship with a, with a pilot and, and everything else. But if it's not, if well, it's kind of random. I like one of those F-16s or whatever they were flying, but I, from his perspective as the pilot flying one, it seemed to, from his perception, he was engaged in some sort of dance, dogfight, yeah. dance with this thing. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I can't speak to that. I don't know what it's like to fly one of those things. Like, me neither. I don't understand, but but he seems to believe it. So you, at some point, you have to just you know you take the word for it and say okay. Right, and and that's exactly it. And that's why I was like I said, I've never been closer, because that guy, the way he talked about it, and the way he described it, and the way he comported himself. I mean, this is the other thing, right? Like you kind of have to, how credible is a witness, right? Guys seem really fucking credible. Yeah. And he really seemed like you know he. I, I always love the witness that's like, I don't know what I saw, but I saw something and this was it, you know? It but you made, know, like, it it's funny me. that this one did it for you. I guess it was all the footage that, that, that came with it. But pilots, like there's so many guys that are of the same ilk as that guy that have been saying this for since the 40s, man. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's incredible. Like it's, it's, it's an old story. But there's also so many bullshit ones. Yeah. So I guess that's for me, like, you know, we're talking about trying to find truth and stuff is I've seen so many bullshit ones with like people that I'm like, that's, you're not credible or this or that. And, and it does come down to, I will a hundred percent admit this is like, I, it could be aliens. And I do believe like, if you had to put a gun to my head, I believe there's life in the universe other than us. hundred percent. Now the question is whether they're chose to come to earth and fuck around on earth that to me also like when you look at the probabilities it's like you know unless it's just the two of us and then of course they would come to earth but what is the chances that it's just the two of us if there's more than one then it's either one or there's a lot right oh yeah Fermi paradox yeah i don't know i think with the back to the truth thing like if if we live in a world where like the truth must exist, right? It has to. There, there's, there's, there is truth. It exists somewhere. If in the avenues you're looking for it, you can't find it. It might show it up, and it probably will show up in the places that seem the most ridiculous. Like, you know, it's like conspiracy theories. What do you mean are, the place like you least 90... expect it? Well, yeah, it's got to exist somewhere. So if it's not where y- you want it to be, say mainstream, whatever, yeah. um, it's going to be in the fringe. So it's like you look at conspiracy theories, it's like guaranteed 99% of them are absolute shit, but they're not all shit. And there's a little bit of truth every once in a while that comes through those avenues. So you got to like, you got to be very careful when just saying poo-pooing things that are ridiculous. You, you, you should, you have to use your filters, Yeah. but you know what? The truth has got to be out there somewhere. And maybe one of those kooks with a tinfoil hat on it got it right. Like, I don't know. Well, Mel Gibson from Conspiracy Theory. Remember that movie? That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I should go back and watch that. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, but that's the thing. So I feel like it's more often it doesn't come from the fringe. You know, it still comes from within the the main body of, like, say, like the, this is our accepted knowledge. You know, is this this pile over here? It's just something you haven't 
you've overlooked or a new piece of information comes in and then reconciles with the the rest of accepted knowledge you know like very rarely is there something that comes in like wipes out whole fields like we had it totally wrong you know i mean that does happen for sure but and i guess this is different like with the alien thing it's like we don't have a pile of accepted knowledge where we can be like well chances are this chances that's one of the truly great like unknowns you can there's no you have to admit that it's that it's a 50 50 you know flip like, right. Yeah. Nobody knows. You can sit here and look at these videos and say, it could be this, it could be that. And you could build this. Like I was, you know, flirting around with what if it's this, what if it's that sensors, all this kind of thing. Fact of the matter is it doesn't fit into anything. And if we just take the question of, is there life out there? Nobody fucking knows. And we can theorize forever, but until we find that we don't know. So when it comes to things like conspiracy theories or, you know, just unknowns about science or something like that, it's in there somewhere. It's within the, the frame of accepted knowledge. And this is the thing that gets me, again, back to kind of how we we started of like these conversations that we're having, you know, on the Internet and stuff where it's like, oh, anything goes. You can this is the the marketplace of ideas and let's if we just throw ideas out there, the best ones will rise to the top. Well, if there's no rules and there's no one to say, well, actually, your idea doesn't fit with any of the known truths, you know, flat earth, for example, then just the loudest idiot, his his idea wins, you know. So this is another yeah. question I have about this whole, you know, great freedom of communication and stuff that we have there kind of has to be some referee, right? Like, I'm not saying you need censorship or anything, but this is where I'm struggling is like, you can say, yes, throw everything out to the marketplace of ideas. But if the marketplace of ideas is dominated by whoever's loudest and there's no real, like facts don't mean anything, then what are your ideas? Like, what are we, what are we judging? How do we judge which is the best idea? You need some kind of framework to say, well, these are established norms. These are established, you know, facts, we'll say, until we get new information that we have to go for. So it's... Honestly, man, it's looking it's looking bleak to me. Uh, I don't see, like, the, these sense-making tools that you're talking about. They come, they would come from education. We need a more educated population in general would be more equipped to critical thinking. Um, but that's just not what I see out there right now. And I don't know that I don't think there's any switch or referee that's going to fix this problem for us. Like it's a it's a slow fix. It's a, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's not a quick one. Um, it's not gonna be easy. I, I don't even know if it's gonna happen. I think I, I don't know. I'm always accused of being a pessimist. I was just gonna say, are you pessimistic? Or what? what's your well, I, I like I like to remain hopeful. Um, there's always, you know, the world right now. I think you know some great leadership would go a long way. Mm -hmm. um, seems like it's just not anywhere you look, which is crazy. Um, that might help, but what do you mean you're not an Angela Merkel fan? 
Uh, she's a beaut. She's, <laughs> she's doing her no, best, I'd say. She's doing her best. She's doing her best. Aren't we all? That's the story of 2020. We're all doing our best, except for Trump. Yeah. He's doing his best, too. It's just weird. His motivations and, and goals are just not aligned with anyone else. <laughs> I was thinking about doing speed or MDMA like every day as much as he does it, just to see what, what happens. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's wired. That guy's got energy. Yeah, he's got energy. And then until he doesn't, and then it's weird when you catch him on those yeah. moments where he's slurring. And... What's up with that? Have you seen the water drinking videos where he's like <laughs> trying to drink water? Like I got a cup. He literally takes it up to his lip and then it's like it, everything breaks down. He's got to bring the other hand in to give it a boost all the way back. It's like, what is happening here? Uh... Zuckerberg does the same thing. There's a whole bunch of footage of him having a tough time with simple human tasks. Did you see the footage from Trump's rally that he did? What is it? Yesterday, where he drank a cup of water normally and everybody <laughs> fucking cheered. And then he tossed the cup aside like, yeah, fuck, I just showed them. It's like, this is the standard. Like, this is the bar we're at now. Look at me. I could drink fucking water. They said I couldn't drink water and I could drink water. And it's unfortunate that, like, you know, people are, like, hammering on this this stuff about him. Like, oh, is he healthy? Is he not? Like, is he healthy? Is he not? It's a legit question. He's clearly, he's clearly unhealthy. He's clearly unhealthy. He's clearly, he's clearly you know. <laughs> but, you know, he started, like, attacking everyone else's health. So now they're attacking his health. And now he can drink a cup of water normally yeah. and people fucking cheer. Like, that's where we're at. Like, it's... What is going on? And I agree with you. I know. Like it's. I, Could you imagine going back in time to just have a podcast with yourself and just try and explain some of the things that are going on? Like you would, you wouldn't believe it. Like it would. It's it's so <laughs> it's so stupid and ridiculous that it's like you'd hear the story and be like, yeah, right. That's you're just pulling my leg. This it, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. What's your prediction for what's next in 2020? What do you think is going to happen next? <sighs> Man, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, like, what what the hell can you what could what can you say? I mean, pandemic. I might have been able to be like, if someone was like, "Well, do you think there's going to be a pandemic?" I would just having come from the education that I came from, I was like, "Well, you know, it's a possibility." Um, I didn't see I didn't see riots coming, and although I I I I, I don't want to call it, I don't want to say riots because obviously there was some rioting, but I think by and large there's been a lot of more peaceful protests than anything which is interesting that's an interesting thing uh, well they're not all one thing and everybody is just like, yeah. like they said you know you want to label it all as one thing exactly. like, well you have so many different actors so many different things going yeah. on here and everybody with about? a bone like a like a, a dog in the fight that's trying to label it as this or that or yeah that's a really frustrating one and fuck we could do a whole show just on that but yeah um I'd be curious. I'm I'm too nervous to actually say anything publicly about my thoughts yet on this because I've been taking honestly been taking my my time trying to f figure it out for myself, and it's only been in the last week that I've been able to even formulate my thoughts to to my partner Ashley about what's going on because I've been so hyper cautious about what to do, you know, and I've, I've, I've been taking my time and I'm not about to start telling you what I think right now and go off air and talk about it because I don't even, I, I, I I'm not there yet. Like I, I seriously, I'm not there yet. I'm trying to figure this out and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to bring the thought police after me for, for falling out of line. If, 
if I do. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're, you're biting your tongue because you just want to scream "All Lives Matter," right? <laughs> oh God! I don't, that's the thing with these slogans. Like they're so crazy. Could you? That's a great example of like going back in time and saying, "Be like." 2020 if you say that black lives matter and then there's gonna be all lives matter if you say all lives matter you're fucking racist but then and you're an asshole and you're a trump supporter too it's like okay well like if these rules are are valid and true it's like okay well i won't say that word like that's because i don't want to be a racist yeah of course of course (laughs) um i mean the funny thing is it's like it, it it does seem arbitrary but you can understand that in this like i understand the sentiment of like when people say that, and I've heard people in my life say that, you know, and, but then it's just, the question is just like. Well, it depends on what they're saying. If they're just speaking to you in regular English or they're in they response, know what it means. yeah, in response yeah, to, in response, to it's this, totally then it's totally to different meaning. But I guess that's the thing, right? Like, is that it's like, how do we, I, and I honestly, I feel like it's like, sometimes I feel like the answers to these things are so simple, you know, and that there's so much that we agree on and yet we're focused on all the minutia of the disagreement like i feel like and it's like if you have a conversation with someone let's say for example an older relative or something like that whatever you know the stereotypical conversation that you would have at thanksgiving when things go awry where someone brings up black lives matter or the protests or something like that and someone's like well you know what all lives matter why are we it's like you know what you're right all lives matter that's that's true we all agree with that. No sane person yeah. is going to disagree with that. However, at the moment, we have a group of people that are suffering, you know, from some There's level pressure, of yeah. injustice that's kind of baked into the way that, you know, our society has worked. And it's historical and you can see it and you can find the example and it's it's there. Everyone agrees with that. 90 mm-hmm. people agree with that. But it's like, how do we... You know, like you said, it gets so fragmented. It gets so, you know, that you can't, when really the solution. Man, like I'm reading the news now and it's getting stupid. So you got like, you got Black Lives Matter protests. We got what, anarchists, which I'm not even sure what they are. You got, um, what are they called? Uh, anti-fascists. What are they called? Antifa, Antifa? Yeah. You And then, then it gets even better. I burst out laughing drinking my coffee the other day. I was like, the Boogaloos showed up. Have you heard about the Boogaloos? Oh yeah, dude. You don't know about the Boogaloos? I've, I've learned about the boogaloos now and I like just like, you can't make this shit up. So it's like, okay, we got we got machine gun carrying Hawaiian shirt, Jimmy Buffett listening, rednecks that some Those of them are, are the joining the marches. Some of them are joining the marches. Yeah. Some of them are white supremacists. It's like, what is I don't even I can't even make sense of this. Like I you, I can't. It's all. But nuts. I think this is where you what, like what you said, a, a good dose of leadership would go a long way. Right. Um, And but I think the thing the thing that gets me about that I see about this is obviously, you know, you have a lot of people with a lot of gripes, you know, so whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, black people with their obvious, you know, right, indigenous people with their obvious gripes about, you know, the way they're treated in society, then you have uh, disenfranchised youth who see no way, no path forward to gaining a slice of the pie in, in the way that society yeah. goes. Then you have people who games rig. There's no, there's no place for you. Millennial. You want to buy a house? Good yeah, luck. exactly. You know, uh, then you have the, the climate issues, right. And you see nothing yeah. getting done there. So it's like, to me, it's, it's, it's almost, it's not that, you know, it's like, obviously I don't want to see people looting and burning and rioting and stuff like this, but on some level, I'm like, I understand it. 
you know, when there's when there's when there's nothing left for you to do and you feel like even if you're just some asshole kid that like anarchist, whatever, that's just out there to grab some Nikes and stuff. It's like at some level you're like, what is it to me? I don't give a fuck. I have no connection to yeah. the community. I don't give a shit about this. No, the sentiment of fuck you, I, I, I understand. Right? Um, I, I totally if you it. feel like society or your community or nothing gives a shit about you, then why should you give a shit about it? You know, so I understand that. Well, that's a that's a legitimate question because that you. Sh- yeah. What are yeah, we? What shit would you what What would you have to give about? Yeah. I'm just the institution. If if it's not for you in the slightest, well, especially bit. if you're just a cog, and if I'm just meant to work for your for the company, you know, like I'm just a yeah. I'm just a. Um, a, a dot that's contributing to GDP. Why the fuck would I care? You know, and that, and I think that's where it comes down to, is like changing the way that we view value. What do we value? What like you know, GDP is a terrible way to to. It's a great way to to produce wealth, but it you know a measure of producing wealth, but it says nothing yeah. about the happiness of your people. It says nothing about the health no. of your people. You know, there's and, and and I'm encouraged by people that are talking about these things in these alternative media spaces that we're just talking about. Like, yeah, I'm a big the more I hear from Andrew Yang, the more I like the guy. I listened to started listening to his podcast. Did you hear do Dark Horse Duo? Oh duo yeah, yeah. Weinstein and that web or whatever. Where he thought Yang should be uh, at least in the vice president, if not president. Yeah. The drafted the drafted presidency. Yeah. But I mean this is I thought it was an interesting concept. This yeah. is another thing you can think about, right? Like what how should we structure our politics, right? Like what what are the incentives now of the government? Is the the incentives in my mind of the government should be to keep us safe and in provide, you know, the systems that that do that, that keep us safe. So police, fire, healthcare, you know, and uh, the environment, protecting our environment. That's part of keeping us safe because we need a, a place to live, you know. But what are the incentives? It's it's about producing wealth. It's about producing GDP. It's about, you know, and, and I mean, yeah. I don't know enough about economics to, you know, this is where I'm just another asshole on the internet sp- spouting some shit off. But I really feel like... Welcome to my life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you, now you know you can come on this show and like yeah. spout it to God knows who, maybe tens of people. <laughs> well, that'd be great. But I just, I, I feel like it's just like there's so much more that we agree on than, than that we disagree on on people. And if you actually talked to people, not through social media, not through you know, this or that, you know, just like talk to people, 90% of them, you could find these places where it's like, do you want clean air? Yes. Okay, great. Do you want a job where you can live comfortably and support your family and not like break your back, you know, all day? Yeah. Okay, great. You know, there's, there's probably a, a large consensus. And then if we look at that and say, okay, these are the things that we value. These are the things that we want. How do we adjust our our means to get there, you know, rather than this runaway train of produce more wealth, produce more wealth, produce more wealth. I know this sounds like some commie bullshit, but I'm definitely not, you know, saying that everyone, you know, has to have the same amount of money or anything like that. It's like, it's just, what do you value? Well, it it gets so extreme. Like, I always love these, like, scale games that people do to put into perspective the wealth disparity in the world and like one of my favorites was this like 
the, what's the lowest denomination you would stop to pick up off the street? And it's like most people, it's around five cents. Like, so then you equate that to Bezos or, or Gates or whatever. It's like, it's like 80 or 90 grand or I get the scale is nuts. Like yeah. for them to even have to just scoop it up and put it in their pocket or there's another good video out there online where they like represent Bezos's wealth with like grains of rice, like one grain of rice is a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And then they just show you his wealth in terms of that pile. And it's like, so the, then a question for me is like, I don't want to live in a communist country either, but it's like, if you have this much, like we're talking about sums of money that like, a human brain can't even comprehend the number, let alone what to do with it. Like yeah. the number itself is beyond our capacity. It's a waste of wealth. Wrapping our head around. It's a waste of wealth. Yeah. It absolutely is. Especially if you could take 99% of it away. And I'm not suggesting that's the fix, but say you could take 99% away and wouldn't even slightly affect the quality of life of the person that you took it away. They're still buying 10 yachts a year yeah. and doing all the things they want yeah. to do. But it's just this weird. Yeah, it's hoarding. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Even, it's hoarding. It's hoarding of a of the pie, and it's like that would be a lot better in other places, and you wouldn't even notice that it was gone. Yeah. And you wouldn't live in fear of a mob coming for your <laughs> for your <laughs> business. You know? <laughs> but Ed, but everybody would be a little bit better. That's off. the thing. I mean, there's there's there's. I saw a, a paper like four years ago uh, where someone was talking about this in terms of biology, and he's like, you can look at biological systems and see that resources accumulate at the top like this is it's and resources in terms of like energy food whatever like the in biological systems this happens where left unchecked resources eventually go to a small few at the top and then something comes and redistributes that back into the environment storms you know pandemics whatever natural things that redistribute all the resources back into the ecosystem and if you don't have that then it becomes an unstable ecosystem and the more unstable it becomes the more likely there is that there's a, there's a big you know event that's needed to redistribute all those resources um and i'm not saying that like you know this is what the the the, pan, the pandemic is a reaction to the you know that's like some hippie bullshit like providing you know giving mother nature some kind of agency over the that's that's not it but your ability to withstand these big events i think is related to you know the distribution of you know these kind of things like if you have an unstable system where all the wealth is at the top and all the people at the bottom have nothing then what are those people going to do eventually they're going to try and flip over the system because there's nothing in it for them so some kind of yeah, some kind of wealth distribution makes sense you know on some level and you can argue about what that is you know but i think yeah, that yeah. if you do that with the idea of what do we value like if we can get some kind of you know broad consensus on what our value is as a nation as a people or whatever you would find that the way that our system works right now is not aligned with those values. And I think that's a big yeah. discrepancy. I think that's one of the things that we're seeing right now with all of this upheaval and all of these things is that it's, it's, it's that. And so when you say to people, you know, talk about wealth redistribution or you talk about climate stuff, right? And the big thing, the big pushback you always get is like, oh, well, you're never going to get people to give up their, 
this or that, or I don't want to have to, you know, like if I, if, if going green means I can't drive my car, then fucking, I don't want to do that, you know, but it's like, do you want to drive your car or do you just want to have the freedom of mobility to go where you want to go? Because if you just want to go where you want to go and we can solve that with like a fleet of autonomous vehicles, that's like a car sharing Uber on the demand, wherever you want, you could take it to Edmonton, you could take it to Vancouver, you know, you could go wherever the fuck you want, but you don't have to own the car. Would you I do like that? Elon Musk's uh, tunneling tunneling plan with the. I, I like to think of myself in the future as getting into one of those like money tubes, vacuum tubes, like, like in the Futurama cartoon where they're just, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, right. And 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 this is the thing, you know, it's like it's challenging those those things in people. It's like, well, what do you really want? Do you really want to own your car and drive? Like, the cars are the most ridiculous thing. I mean, I'm sure you've heard some of the same speakers I've heard talk about this, where it's like, you drive your car for like two hours a day and the rest of the time it sits doing nothing. And it's probably one of the biggest fucking expenses in your life. Mm -hmm. That seems like, that seems like madness, right? Would you not want a better way? But when you first propose the idea to people, they're the... You know, and I feel like some of that, I mean, this maybe is getting a bit, you know, conspiratorial or whatever, is that the people that want to sell you cars have made this thing where it's like, you know, with advertising and anything. And I'm not even saying it's like malevolent, like direct. This was the master plan, but it's just kind of gone that way. It's like, well, they want to sell you. So cars become a lifestyle thing. It becomes a wealth status thing. It becomes a, you know, and that's just cars. I mean. But it's all these things. Yeah. So I mean, I've been I've been thinking about this stuff for like a, a couple of years. If we just, it and it wouldn't even be that big of a switch of of your your lifestyle. You know, you would. I I I genuinely believe that there's enough on this planet to just like live within the means of the planet, like the within the the boundaries of the ecosystem on the planet. Because we're not doing that. We're exploiting more than we should. You know. But there's got to be a way of just doing it. And yeah, okay, maybe you don't own two cars, but you'll still be able to go where you want to go. Maybe you don't have a house with three floors and all of those rooms, but is that really, you know, is that really necessary? I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to tell people right now who have that house. Sounds like you're coming from Sounds like you're coming from it, right? Exactly. (laughs) But I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying reevaluate because that was the biggest switch like moving here to Europe and seeing how people live in 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 smaller things and I'm not saying that like Europe's like this whatever there's no materialism or there's tons it's exactly the same as North America but the confines of the environment the constraints of the you know we don't have as much land over here and stuff like people live with with smaller and it's just you just adjust and it's, you know, I like it better. There's a lot of things to be said about this. There's more going out. There's more, you know, community people. Well, not anymore, but, you know, you don't just go home and, and go in your house and that's it. It's like if you want to hang out with people, you go out. So there's people out. There's more activity. There's more, you know. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I don't know. Now I felt like I've just been going on for a while here. Ashley just yelled at me through the door to wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Our in-laws just showed up, so we got to go hang out and have a barbecue. All right, man. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. This was a lot hey, of fun. Hey, dude, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, so I love it. I love it. There might not be a lot of truth coming from you, but there's something. <laughs> it's always... The, the lips are It's, a, it's yeah. always, good conver- always good conversation. So thanks, buddy. We'll do it again. All right. Sounds good, brother.
there you have it i hope you enjoyed listening as much as i did talking um i doubt that i enjoy talking way too much but uh as always follow the show at too bad for you uh instagram twitter you can hit me up at bvampaired on instagram twitter um and do get in touch like i said please do get in touch let us know what you think of the show let us know if there's something you want us to cover and then otherwise yeah just subscribe rate review anything like that that can help us out tell a friend and and that's it that's all uh thank you so much for listening we appreciate all of you and yes stay safe until next time bye now